Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's Thursday, and you know what that means. That means it's time to ignite the dynamite the day after the dynamite. And what an explosive show this is about to be, because <laughs> there's just... Stuff to talk about. There's a lot to talk about, and I figured there's no one better to talk about everything that's going on right now in the world of AEW and Dynamite than the managing editor, as you can see, news dude of Fightful, that is Mr. Sean Ross Sapp. Sean, thanks for being here for the first time on Day After Dynamite. Yeah, I don't know if I'm managing editor anymore. Like, I just stopped calling myself that. I don't do the copy editing. Jeremy does that. I mean, I'm I technically am. It's not wrong. It's just, I like, here's the thing. I didn't want to be like, I'm the owner of Fightful.com. I didn't like want to put that in there because it, it always felt pretentious. But um, internet uh, shit poster is probably my <laughs> wrestling media shit poster, I think, is is probably an accurate, accurate I one. would say... It depends on the hour of the day, I think. I think after, like, midnight, that's definitely true. And, like, midnight yes. to, to 3 a.m., it's definitely Sean Ross, that internet shit poster. Yes. What's up, Sean? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing at all. <laughs> How are we going to fill this time out? You didn't even need a guest today. <laughs> I know, right? Hey, uh, and don't forget, leave us a thumbs up. Um, send us your super chats, your humper chats, humperchats.com. That is our Streamlabs solution that um, we that helps support what we do a little bit more. Uh, but if you like having your little avatar and all that show up, we appreciate any way you want to support us. Um, YouTube.com slash Fightful is how you leave us a super chat. And humperchats.com, how you leave us a humper chat. And we've got folks in the chat, and we know we're going to have lots of questions on the oh, show yeah. because you, Sean Rossap, <laughs> literally just minutes ago just dropped a, uh, a, a bit of a bombshell that's, uh, I think, already everywhere. Everybody who, who makes their uh, Twitter living, copying, pasting, uh, fightful select reports has already have this. They, they already got this one everywhere. Well, uh, and, and, 
Sorry to cut you off. I want to address this because I don't know what this is about. Fightful going 1v1 versus F4W Thursday afternoon wars. I don't know what that means, but they were the ones, F4W this morning, they were the ones that said what Punk said last night was not planned. I, I want to make that clear. They they had that, but um, wow. Yeah, the reason we were late was because of this this report that was going on. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. And there's there's lots there uh and there's there's a lot to talk about all right so dynamite as a matter of fact the beauty is as we go chronologically through dynamite this is the first thing to talk about anyway yes. because uh this was the house of dragon house of the dragon themed dynamite of course this wouldn't be day after dynamite as i start to talk oh, about oh, oh no <laughs> without the jeremy lambert cameo Jeremy Lambert. There we go. I got. I got to center myself in the oh, wrong way. There we go. A lot of people don't know this. Jeremy eyes. just signed a two-year, ninety-seven million-dollar extension with that Fightful is, that, that will nice. carry him through his age forty year. <laughs> Wait, you're aging me a couple of years there. That's great. I want the I want the cadre deal. He wants the, to the play. The, the thing is, he wants to play with his son. He wants to write news with his son in the future. <laughs> And that's I'm the owner of Fightful. What are you talking yes, about? Yes, I, own, you are. <laughs> I know, right? You you own the whole site. You're the one responsible yeah. for everything. Exactly. Exactly. I like your title, <sighs> News Dude, Sean Rossap. Yeah, good. that's me. <laughs> I figured that's it me. was fitting with today being the day of dropping news right before Day After Dynamite. So people just, what's going on here, Sean? What, what What's happening? Well, I mean, no. listen, what's happening... I just posted a, a big report on FightfulSelect.com. I want to give credit to Wrestling Observer, who had uh, the news out there that this wasn't supposed to happen. And then Voices of Wrestling, who followed up on a situation I've been trying to work on for a while. Like, Tony Khan, and, okay, I don't want to say Tony Khan. I know that CM Punk met with higher-ups about the context of Hangman's promo that led up to... Uh, it was the go-home promo from uh, right before Double or Nothing at... Uh, yeah in vegas yeah and we got a lot more context about about that and why punk felt slighted there on fightfulselect.com but um hangman was in the building last night but how's he gonna win there what's he gonna do is he gonna run out is he gonna blow past tony khan and hit the ring and screw up their time and all that how does he win there uh, i do have more context on fightfulselect.com about why why people close to punk think that maybe he was justified and then why some people that do not like punk think that he is not justified. I tried my best to get like both ends of that. Obviously CM Punk ain't going to talk to me. Uh, if anything, he's going to say that I'm a hack and that this isn't true at all. But uh, you know, this is, this is wild man. And I had uh, one person that worked with punk before that was like, I told him, told him what but, was um, the, the he's he's their problem now wasn't that a, a reported comment that, that somebody in wwe made when cm punk signed with aew so yeah yeah <laughs> but hey listen if if for some reason he does leave cm punk and stone cold steve austin at wrestlemania next year <laughs> let's do it let's do it that's the only silver lining Drew triple says, h was uh, face tri off jeremy is the best jeremy by the way well, Will Washington, I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to book myself here, but I'll be at Dynamite next week. So, I mean, 
you know, it's in Cleveland. I'll be there for, for Moxley and Punk. You have a new guest host every week. I've never been asked to do this show. I, I, yeah, <laughs> I'll I, will, at, I will. I'll be at two in October. I'm going to Toronto and Cincy back to back. <laughs> wow. So it's just, you're not getting Moxley and Punk, though. You're not getting this shoot nah. fight between CM Punk <laughs> and John Moxley. I'm going to get uh, Brian Pillman with the Dillard's woman in his corner losing to Luther in about three and a half seconds by the looks of it. Shout out to Luther. Shout out to Dillard's. Shout out to Dillard's. Where my grandma used to take me school shopping every year. What her high interest Dillard's credit card that she had. Savvy financial decisions that shaped me for the rest of my life. Is, right, is, is Dillard still in business? Yeah, yeah. I, I was just there the other day. I was doing okay. school shopping, and uh, we went to the mall, and there's a Dillard's at our mall right across from Macy's. We ended up doing more shopping at Macy's and then JCPenney and all that stuff. Dillard's still there. Didn't buy anything there, but it's still there. D- he's going to have the Dillard's lady on Day After Dynamite next <laughs> <Yeah>. week. <laughs> Instead I'm of you. I'm for the Dillard's lady. Yeah. I know, right? Jeez. Jeez. We go to Target for our school shopping. <sighs> I don't, you guys want a three-way scissors? There we go. Never mind. Uh, there we go. <laughs> Gotta give the people what they want. There we go. That's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Bye, everybody. All See right. Ya. There's our weekly Jeremy Lombert cameo. Love having Jeremy here. He got to get mentioned at the top of the show, and he got his cameo in. Look at that. Um, and so, all right. Uh, we'll read this super chat here. Marcus Carney. Uh, says the story you just posted about Punk and Hanger plays into the story they've been telling since Darby, MJF, and Kingston. Any chance this is a work? No, <laughs> no, not everything's a work. Not everything's a work. Let me just tell you this: it's not all a work. The MJF didn't start things start didn't start as a work either. Um, time will be kind to us on that story, uh, but no, this is not a work. Could it become one? Yes. The answer to could it become one is always yes. Always yes. Yeah, yes. absolutely. There's nothing in pro wrestling you can't turn into a work. Um, is it, though? So the show did open up with the advertised CM Punk promo. We're going to hear from CM Punk. And CM Punk, this was quite a sensational promo. Yeah. Um, on... On the surface, very, very good. Uh, when you take a step back, almost immediately you have to ask yourself how productive any of it was. Um, and you start with the the opening, uh, which he notes that uh, he's going to address something very small, right? Uh, something that's actually not a big deal. And he calls out Hangman Adam Page. Now, of course, we're in Charleston, West Virginia here, right? Uh, so we're talking about not that far from uh, the homeland of one hangman adam page this was a comment that got a big reaction when he called out hangman adam page um he sits down in the ring waits for him no hangman adam page uh then he makes a comment about needing a public apology and then moving on that's pretty much where this story comes into play uh orion ben says hangman and catering with dark order catching strays uh i mean John Silver did post a picture of uh, Hangman and Catering. So let's talk about it. Uh, So word is that 
this was not planned. Um, and if it was not enough, people were aware. Jesus. Yes. Page was there, by the way. Hangman mm-hmm. was there. I've been told that. Um, now, I haven't found out. I, I would imagine, would imagine Tony Khan probably didn't know that the Hangman thing was coming. I would imagine, I know Hangman didn't know it was coming. Um, there was no queue set up for Hangman to be out there. Um, so people are asking, what did Hangman say that set off Punk? There was the face-to-face that alluded to Cabana and workers' rights. And then there was a promo that Hangman cut when pay, or that Punk wasn't there. So I think that played into Punk's frustration as well. But as far as who didn't know what, well, I, I can't really say Tony Khan didn't know about it, but I'd be shocked if he did, considering the nature of this. Um. Yeah, so pretty much I heard similarly that uh, Hangman didn't know. Um, as far as Tony is concerned, I, I've basically gotten conflicts on that. I don't know. The thing that I mostly heard was that, hey, Tony was in good spirits the whole show. So if anything went awry, he definitely wasn't showing it. Um, so that's pretty much what I got on that. Oh, man. And Hangman is is a guy that's very well liked backstage. Like there was a situation where. I had started to hear, I think it was last year that maybe he was knocking the shit out of people a little too much with that, that buckshot lariat. And they're like, well, I mean, we don't want the guy buried, but we do want it known that like we want him to know, man, you're knocking the hell out of us. And I guess Arn Anderson was just like, brother, if you keep knocking the shit out of people, there won't be anybody left for you to wrestle (laughs) type of thing. And they, everybody I talked to said that Paige was like, oh my God, I didn't realize this and that's he's such a pure guy and if you've ever talked to him you know just how kind he is and how reserved he is and one one veteran that i spoke to was like well he was he cut those promos to build to a pay-per-view match at the time one of the biggest pay-per-view matches in AEW's history and punk of all people should know it's business, let that go, but didn't seem to feel that way. Now, I don't want to speak for CM Punk, and if I do, I'm sure he'll make it known that I shouldn't, but like those, the, I didn't hear anything particularly egregious. Now, I'm not him. I don't know what necessarily sets me off, but the the Cabana situation's gonna come up. It's gonna come up. Yeah. You gotta, uh, get, you gotta get ready for that. I went back this morning after all of this broke and went back and watched the promo from vegas because not gonna lie i missed that whole promo i was there in that arena and then i ran into emilio sparks and emilio's like hey well what's up i haven't talked to you in a while and then we ended up talking through the entire promo and for whatever reason never went back and actually watched it so (laughs) this morning was the first time i've actually gone back seen the promo in full and i wanted to see what exactly the main point of contention was there and I can't fucking find it, uh, whatever it was. Like, there was the workers' rights stuff, um, which could have been something. I don't know. But uh, to me, it really did just feel like classic uh, pay-per-view build. So, uh, Caden, noting trouble in paradise. Uh, I mean, this is one of those days where there's definitely going to be uh, a lot of talk, um, which seems to be kind of par for the course because I've noticed yeah. the last few weeks um, we've come out of a dynamite pretty pleased 
thinking, yeah. hey, great episode. And then like the next day and pretty much for the next week that goes on, there's like all this other stuff that keeps going on. And uh, to the point of where by like Monday, everybody's predicting AEW's demise again. And then Wednesday comes around, fairly good dynamite. And then uh, at the end of the day, we're like, hey, the demise was prematurely predicted. And then the next day, it's just something else. So um, we're going to keep going through this cycle, apparently. Uh, and Nathan DePaul says, what a mess. Can't wait for Wednesday. <laughs> That's the thing. <laughs> you can't <laughs> wait till Wednesday. It's true. Uh, but then this led to CM Punk calling out John Moxley. John Moxley's music hits. And CM Punk starts doing Snow Angels in the Ring. And this singing. Again, singing. He said he sang. He did the Snow Angels. He uh he talked about how well this is gonna take a while. Uh and mocked Moxley's entrance. <laughs> Which again, it was like uh I know we like the side of punk, but this is very much counter to like everything we've seen from CM Punk and AEW so far. So it did feel out of place. It was entertaining, but it felt a little out of place. Yeah. Uh, and Punk noted in his promos, he took a couple of shots at Moxley. He noted the most famous line going around right now that you're the third best guy in the group. And that seems to be a trend for your career. Uh, oh, shit. Great line. Great line. That's a, that's a great line. That's a really great line because it actually goes back to the first confrontation Punk and uh, Moxley had back in WWE. It's actually great stuff. Yeah. And I mean, uh, Punk largely helped craft the Roman Reigns talking point and a lot of the disdain for the guy. Like mm -hmm. when when Daniel Bryan got eliminated from the Royal Rumble, people were cheering for Roman Reigns to win that Royal Rumble. Like had he won, people would have been over the moon about oh, it. Wait, you mean when he wasn't in it? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, when, when he, he wasn't, wasn't in it. When he got eliminated, it was the other way around. Yes, it was the other way around. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. Um, but CM Punk had. He invented Roman has to stay strong. So him saying that Moxley oh, is Roman stands will let you know that by the yeah. way. So Punk saying that is just a little ah. That's putting the coat hanger on the stove for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and so I I thought that was a great line. Um, but then uh, he took the dig again at Eddie Kingston, uh, and I uh, he said that Eddie was the third best Eddie he's ever shared a locker room with in the second best Kingston. Ouch. Yeah. I mean, now, that's it. Oh, go ahead. I want to know is Eddie rankings. <laughs> I want to know this. I think Eddie Guerrero is obviously number one, but I'm of the belief that his number two was fast Eddie Vegas. And that's <laughs> So where's the love for Umaga? Where's did did he ever share a locker room with Eddie Edwards? Uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Um, Never know. And yeah, it was probably Umaga. But look, it is in my head canon that he was talking about fast Eddie Vegas, and uh, and Eddie Vegas is sitting at home thinking somebody remembers me, <laughs> and that was his uh, moment in the sun yesterday. Fast Eddie Vegas. Thank you. Uh. But yeah, and then of course Kingston, obviously referring to uh, Eddie, uh, referring to Kofi Kingston, CM Punk's former—I don't know how good of friends they are—but they were really close friends at one point. They were former tag team champions, uh, and then yeah, Moxley made his way out, and 
I thought Moxley held his own quite well, not just yeah. in on the mic, but with the crowd. I think a good portion of the crowd was into Moxley, into what Moxley had to say. And uh, this uh, CM Punk had another good dig over. He said, I'm afraid to touch you because uh, you, you might, might bleed, bleed all over me. <laughs> that that was a great line. But again, Punk was on one last night. And yes. uh, him and Moxley get face to face. Moxley kissed him and then they brawled uh, <laughs> and they had a, a, a pull apart uh, and it went on a little longer than I would have liked it to. I feel like at some point you probably could have just cut away like, maybe three minutes sooner. But regardless, uh, they got people hyped for at the time what we thought was the built all out. Yes. So I wonder, like, is Mox in the kissing mood? Because he saw yeah. all the controversy? Is that why? <laughs> I, I feel like, hey, he saw that that was some good offense. And uh, at this point, let's just keep going. Yeah. No, that was great. I actually really enjoyed that. And, yeah, it did bring attention to uh, the match he just had for the GCW title with Effie. Uh, As if it stuff. needed any more attention. <laughs> this was great stuff. I was actually really into this. And uh, I walked out of this really hyped for all that, which, by the way, I will be at. I know I said that I wasn't going to. And then I was like, okay, there's like a 30% chance I was going to be there. And then it up to like 50. And now yeah. it's at 100 because literally everything's booked at this stage. I guess it's still like 95 on the off chance that I don't wake up in time on uh, <laughs> that Saturday morning that I'm supposed to fly out. But, yes, I will be at All Out in Chicago. So uh, not. it's my it's my anniversary and both of our birthday weekends. So I was like, you know what? This year I'm not going. This year I'm not going. But um, depending on how things go next week, I might change my mind. I don't know. I mean, I'm not <laughs> going to get approved for credentials this late, but you know, uh, you never know because I true. have from time to time. There are times. This is something I, I can't believe I'm admitting publicly. There are times that I have fully forgotten. I was like, yeah, oh, I did no. everything I was supposed to do. We're good to go. And then I think, did I apply for credentials? And I look in my emails and I'm like, oh, I no. I did. And then I just do. And then it, everything's all good. There, uh, there was one time Denise got approved and I waited like two weeks. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, Why haven't I gotten approved? And I didn't apply. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, uh, I'm looking forward to going. It should be a good time. Uh, there should be a little bit of a Grapsity hint here. There should be some interviews lined up for that weekend for Grapsity. Nice. So, uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, and so continuing on with the events of AEW Dynamite. And first we're going to read some super chats about, uh, pretty much everything going on. Uh, Deontay says, just woke up for the second time. Uh, thank you, G1 Climax. Uh, hope you guys have a great day. Will and Sean, love you guys. Punk, Hangman, and Mox, fun-ish. Uh, that, that depends on who you ask. I will say as a uh, viewer, very fun-ish. Uh, for everyone involved, uh, Mike from Indeed says, uh, just wanted to send a little love. Love the show. Happy you're on the main card now. You see that? See, see, see that logo right there? That's, that's the regular Fightful logo. 
Uh, although, again, love to everybody at Overbooked, and I still recommend that you check out Fightful Overbooked because those guys work really hard on that content. And uh, anytime I'm needed for anything over there, I am happy to be a part of it. Um, he says, this is a pretty wild punk story. Keep up the great work, Fightful. And Van Twinblade says, uh, Will, get the humpers. I mean tables. Of course I'm getting the humpers. Um, sorry about last week. For whatever reason, Streamlabs just like wasn't loading. I had the little box that said you have no donations and i thought that's not true uh but of course it wouldn't be van twinblade asking for what do you say about glory pro <laughs> if <laughs> no no glory pro today no glory oh wow pro. uh but we did get uh we got one uh van twinblade says uh, i can't believe kenny the bucks and brandon did uh, sexy dance number for the full Monty last night. How much did that cost, Tony? The lights, the costumes, it was amazing. I may have dreamed that. Possible. Yeah, I think that maybe <laughs> you did. But I'm sure they'll do this at the next Glory Pro show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I love the Glory Pro hype, though. I uh, do, too. I do, it's too. great stuff. Uh, Jay Blood says, you gotta love the John Silver pick of Hangman and Catering after Mox said Punk wasn't even the best wrestler in Catering. Just perfect. That was a great line, too. Like that I said, was. Moxley held his own. Yeah, and uh, um, I I hope that's what that was in reference to. I hope it was in reference to the fact that Paige literally wasn't on the show, and and that was what happened. But otherwise, it's still a good line, but I really, really hope that it was a reference to Paige not being on the show. Yeah, I hope so, too. Uh, a couple more. We've got King of Games says, because of the title match next week, any chance MJF wrestles Punk at the pay-per-view? Um, I keep seeing that idea tossed around. Uh, I think you have to keep in mind, next week's show is literally the second-to-last show before All Out. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that there is a whole lot of time to build to something completely different than what everybody's been expecting but then again i lived through russo era right i saw summer the build to SummerSlam 1999 i know very well that you can walk out of the last pay-per-view expecting one match and then on the go home show get something completely different so i'm hoping that's not what's happening here the way i'll say this is between the saturday before double or nothing and the sunday of double or nothing how much did that change what the reaction was for the MJF Wardlow match with the airplane motions and all that a week and a half. I think they could absolutely do it. And, and MJF, like if there's one guy that can come in off of a loss off of a squash loss to Wardlow and get a title match, I think it would be him saying that Tony got so scared of triple H that he brought me back and guaranteed a title shot. Like, that type of line on dynamite, ooh, that would be a good one. If anybody that, can make it work, I think it's him. Yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like it would be uncharted territory for Tony because Tony yeah. has been able to kind of stick to his plans pretty much since the start of AEW. That hardly uh, outside of like the build to Forbidden Door, he hasn't really had to adjust like major main event plans like that. And um, unless this is the plan, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Michael says Punk can dish it out, but can't take it himself. What a surprise! Uh, and <laughs> Luis says pulling Punk from main event to insert Tyrus. 
Magma heat. Magma heat is what Billy Corgan told uh, Mike Johnson. <laughs> Liquid Negative hot pies. magma heat. <laughs> His body kind of looks like Dr. Evil. Shut up. <laughs> oh, I heard uh, that. I, listen, if that event goes through and Tyrus actually competes, in the main event for the title, I that is promotional malpractice. <laughs> like, he's the type of guy you put in that spot because nobody's going to care when you don't deliver on it, right? Nobody's going to care when they say, psych, it's not Tyrus. Nobody. Dream Ninja 77. Loving all the content on Fightful. So big shout out to you all. Grapsity is my favorite weekly show on YouTube. Thank you for all you and the team do. Also, Rhea is the answer to biggest dad energy. Um, thank you. Uh, shout out Quizzlemania yesterday. Uh, but I want to talk about the thing that I got the absolute most of out of the show. Because it's the thing the fans got the most of on the show. And that was Daniel Garcia. Brian Danielson, two out of three falls. Whew. Ricky Steamboat is our uh, special guest timekeeper. This was obviously a heavily dragon-themed episode. Only dragon we were short was like the dragon Zord. But beyond that, lots of dragons on this show. Chris Jericho was on commentary. This match was a hoot and a half. Uh, the first fall went decisively to Daniel Garcia, and not just decisively, but we pretty much got up to that point what somebody might have called a full match, right? I think uh, before the first fall, it went almost 10 minutes, uh, and they even noted on commentary that if this was the match, Daniel Garcia has won this series. Uh, and solid fair point. Uh, got great heat from the crowd. Uh, that is the one thing Danielson is is excellent at is uh making and, sure I, and that... I would say the only thing he's good at <laughs> i would go as far as to say that <laughs> oh, okay uh but danielson getting getting the the pearl clutching reactions from people uh getting people to to be on the edge of their seat for any attacks that happen to go toward brian danielson's uh head area anything along those lines neck Anytime he, any of that is targeted, it gets people going. And people were hanging on to this match all throughout. Again, like I said, Garcia got great heat. Uh, and then he ends up decisively putting uh, Brian in the Dragon Sleeper. Oh, look at that. More dragons on this show. Uh, puts him in the Dragon Sleeper. Um, and Danielson's knocked out. Bryce Brunsburg rings the bell. We move on to the next fall. And this fall uh, happened to come when Brian uh, just happened to roll up Daniel Garcia very quickly, uh, caught him with a surprise, and all of a sudden the field is tied. And then match kicks into a whole new gear because Danielson's good to go. And uh, again, just fire on top of fire. There was just so much great stuff here The uh, uh, going back to the outside. And it was all callbacks to the previous matches, by the way. Uh, but we got to see them going back to the outside. Uh, Brian taking the DDT on the floor, uh, them exposing the, the floor, removing the pads. Everything here was great. But in the end, Danielson 
uh, gets the victory with the label lock, and Garcia taps. But does he? Because, uh, <laughs> of course he did. But uh, then we've got Chris Jericho runs in uh, and to attack Brian, and, Dan- and Daniel Garcia stops him. Where does his allegiance lie? Who knows? Regardless, this match gets a motherfucking A-plus from me. Is it an S-tier? Not really. I can't S-tier stuff with commercials. I just can't. Um, And if I do, it had... You gotta watch the AEW-plus version. I went out of my way to watch it, and holy (laughs) crap. NordVPN.com slash Fightful. But, (laughs) oh my God. Like, it, it... They didn't wrestle like there were commercials, and that was so cool. Yeah, and uh, I I hear that a lot. Um, If I literally wasn't simply paying for cable for these (laughs) years. The the thing is, um, here is a uh, uh, fun story. Fightful basically pays my cable bill because I only keep cable at this point for for pro wrestling purposes. That's it. Uh, I'm not really using it for much else. I can get Better Call Saul elsewhere, and it's over now. So... uh, Either way, A plus for me from what I watched. But I could have S tiered it had I watched it on uh, AEW plus. But you, how did you feel about it, Sean? I thought it was S tier. I thought it was maybe the best. It was right up there among the greatest dynamite matches that I had ever seen. It told a phenomenal story, and the crowd added so much to it with the "You're a wrestler" chance. Yes, at the <laughs> end of it. Oh my god, that was incredible. I want those uh, those chants isolated and used for other reasons. Just like when a guy makes his entrance for the first time, and they're like, you're a wrestler. And he's like, thank yes. you, I am. Um, we Where does Daniel Garcia's allegiance lie? This was a very similar story to what we saw with Wheeler Yuta and John Moxley that led to John, uh, Wheeler Yuta eventually being brought into the Blackpool Combat Club. Is the club getting a little full? Eh, some might say so. I think Daniel Garcia is the perfect ingredient here. Uh, And granted, I am going to miss the term technical sports entertainer. I think that's one of the funniest terms to be coined in the last year. But that said, this was great stuff. I was a big fan. Uh, What did everybody else think? Uh, I hope that they say that there's not going to be any room for Daniel Garcia because they're going to recruit Tyrus into the BCC. (laughs) You're a wrestler. (laughs) As he, as he bests Trevor Murdoch after a 50 minute classic for the big gold, the 10 pounds of gold, 10 pounds of gold. Oh my God. Tyrus with the 10 pounds of gold is, (laughs) that is going to be a sight. Tom says Effie to AEW confirmed doubt it <clears throat> but uh manuel says uh pure speculation but could this overreaction by cm punk be a response to the booking that tk has for him maybe book to lose in chicago or else um i i ahead. think i think it's possible that punk this is hypothetical i think it's possible that punk learned of the adjustment to the match And wasn't happy about it. That's perhaps maybe what I think could have happened. Because I heard this was very last minute. And you, Uh, I think you had two as well, right? Yeah, I I I heard uh, about four days ago that uh, there was a plan for the Cleveland show. 
um, and not the uh, Fox animated series that got canceled. But next week's Dynamite in Cleveland, um, I heard there was a plan for that show and that it was supposed to be big. I didn't hear exactly what it was. And then when this match dropped and they continually mentioned on commentary, buy your tickets now, awtix.com in Cleveland. I was like, this had to be it. Um, now, Phantom says, uh, good night, Punkamaniacs and Jabroni Marks. <laughs> Not everything's at work, guys. Uh, but again, like Sean said, you can always turn it into one. Always, always. And I think that's the good ones will do that. Like I, I was shocked that they didn't turn the Cody Omega Bucks thing into one. Like there's money to be made there. If people believe that these issues are real. Oh yeah. Now Christopher has a question here and uh, I'm happy to answer this. He says, is there a reason why at media scrums, no one asked Tony why women do not get many segments on AEW TV as men? Um, well, I can tell you there, there's uh, two pieces to that. Um, one thing as far as why that is, I mean, you're never going to get as many because there's just not as many women in AEW as men. Um, as far as why we haven't asked that, uh, I'll say this about the media scrums because uh, I get asked about questions a lot. Um, like somebody came to, to me and said, why didn't you guys continue to press after Nick Hausman asked about MJF? Why didn't you guys continue? <laughs> guys, we get one question. Yeah. And we are content producers here. It does us no good if our one, questions, uh, if one question is answered by no comment, if we already know that we've already gotten the no comment. If that's just what's going to continue to happen, we're just wasting everybody's time. So at this point, it's... We're there in the media scrums to, we're media, right? And we're there to um, create content in a sense. And sometimes creating content means knowing what's going to get you content. And so you ask the questions that's going to get you an answer. Um, as far as that particular question is concerned, um, I haven't particularly asked it. I have been interested. Um, usually there's more newsworthy stuff coming out of the pay-per-view. Um, if I got to ask a question after Dynamite, that might be one of them. Uh, but no, I, that's usually my reasoning. What about and, you, Sean? I mean, this, this type of thing is quite literally where the inside joke of why haven't you fired Velveteen Dream happens. Like when Booty Pro Wrestling did a conference call, I asked them why they hadn't fired Velveteen Dream. <laughs> because when that happened, we asked Triple H like four times and he didn't answer. He wouldn't give us a straight answer. And it was six, seven months in and every call people were like, you should refuse to ask anything else besides that. And like, that's the inside joke. Like now, if they do an NXT call, why haven't you fired Velveteen Dream? He doesn't work here. It doesn't matter. Why haven't you fired him? And nobody asked anything else until it gets answered. Like, yeah, I, I just, at, the, at this point, you have to think about what's going to create content and what's going to, to get you an answer. Otherwise, I mean, I guess no comment in a sense is an answer. But This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? 
The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. But uh, it's not very much other than yeah. a headline that says, Tony Khan refuses to answer this thing. Uh, so, and Van Twin Blade says, Punk blast mocks with the belt next week turning heel. Uh, no DQ in a cage at the pay-per-view. Um, Punk as I, a heel in Chicago? I my, my gut feeling, my theory, is that we still see the match at the pay-per-view. I don't know uh, how they get out of it next week, but my gut feeling is that it still happens at the pay-per-view. In what capacity i don't know but i think we still see it yeah um and the only way you can convince me otherwise is if tony khan just suddenly says uh there will be a finish to the match uh in cleveland (laughs) and then i'm like all right never fucking mind but uh i think they find a way out uh and speaking of which tony niece was about to uh, have a match. Shout out to Tony Nese for his tweet about uh, who his opponent was going to be. and uh, But he gets jumped by John Moxley, and Moxley calls out CM Punk, says, screw this, we want to fight right now. There's a big brawl, there's a big breakup. And uh, this was, I won't say a first for AEW, but this is one of my favorite things in pro wrestling that AEW doesn't do too often, which is having a continuing thread throughout the show. That's one thing that um, WWE can be, I won't say really good at, but I will say uh, very uh, frequent with (laughs) in that, because sometimes if the thread's no good, but they ran through it through the entire show, that can suck. But uh, when the thread is good, it can be great to have it continually run throughout the show to go back and address the thing that we saw earlier, not just leave it till next week. And so I was very pleased to see this all get addressed again one more time in the show. I was very happy with that. Yeah, and WWE has, I mean, they they created an incredible amount of buzz by having a car wreck in the background of their shots three or four times. So, I mean, doing this with the top storyline and threading it in and out is something that I think is important. I've, I've long said, like, you need that. It can't just be, well, here they are, and you know you're never going to see them again on that show because you'll get the people that check out the Raw rundown on Fightful Select. When's Liv going to be on? Well, I'm not watching after segment three, and then they don't watch again. <laughs> like, if you're conditioned to believe that these people will just pop up and hit the bricks, then you condition yourself to, to what what you can tune out on, and I, I love I love that they did that. Yeah. 
And AEW's done it before. Like in the beginning, that was something they did frequently when the elite was feuding with um, the inner circle. That was the formation of the inner circle was threaded throughout the entire show. The first match saw Sammy Guevara uh, facing Cody Rhodes, and then he ends up uh, aligning himself with uh, Jericho at the end of the show. But like throughout, that was the thread was uh, the inner circles kind of forming as the show progresses. That's a thing you can do, and it gets people excited about uh, the outcome. So yeah. I was very happy with this. Uh, and next week, uh, so Chris Jericho has a confrontation with um, with Ricky Steamboat, and uh, they declare that next week we're going to see um, whether or not Daniel Garcia is going to remain a part of the Jericho Appreciation Society or join the Blackpool Combat Club. I'll say this about Jericho Appreciation Society. The joke is kind of lost without Vince. I realized the first time the entrance hit and we hear um, sports entertainers, and I just thought we literally just had a promo on Raw this week where Drew McIntyre talked about being wrestlers, let's freaking wrestle. And I just thought there's not much life left to this. We almost have to uh, end the whole uh, sports entertainers thing simply because the joke is lost without the other company doing that. Now you guys are just sports entertainers. It didn't even make sense. Gun Club versus Varsity Blondes was a quick squash. Uh, this felt like a burial. This, this did. Yeah, like, I don't use that term at all. But, I mean, my God, this felt like a message. What? Who the hell did Griff Garrison piss off? Uh, because the match went 27 seconds. Um, I had heard, I suppose this is a little bit of something, and this was like months ago that I heard that the Varsity Blondes as a unit weren't going to be long for this world. Um, and that there were, I guess, intentions and plans of doing something separately with those guys. Uh, so maybe this is the start of that. I don't know. Uh, but this then led to Billy Gunn talking about how proud of the group he is. And then Stokely Hathaway hits the stage. And the gun club jumps Billy Gunn. Out comes the acclaimed for the save. And Denise Salcedo had the greatest moment of her life because we got to see the return of Scissor Me Daddy Ass. Yeah. They, I mean, the acclaimed are like modern day new age outlaws. They come out, they've got a rap that's over, they've got saying the name of the city that's over, and they got Scissor Me Daddy Ass that's over. That's before they even hit the ring. I know. So they got all this going on. They've got... It, it is so reminiscent of, of the New Age Outlaws that I'm glad that Billy Gunn is a part of this because I think that Billy Gunn can help out that team more than he can help the gun club at this point. I, I think whatever wisdom he's needed to share with the gun club to this point, he's probably already done. Oh yeah. But I think the acclaim can really benefit from that. Uh, I think he was a good fit with the acclaimed pretty much since the, the moment they put them together. I don't know yeah. why, but uh scissor me daddy ass got very, very over the fans popped at the reunion of <laughs> scissor me daddy ass. It was great. Uh, everybody loved it. There's no reason to rate this match because there's no real match here. There are really only three matches on this show, like really when you break it down. Uh, and 
this was what it needed to be. I was fine with this. Look who's in the chat. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Righteous Look, Reg, Reg, who is also very much like the New Age Outlaws in that politically he is exactly like Road Dog. <laughs> you can't report that. You're news, dude. <laughs> but I'll say this. Um, Reg, I don't know what your like actual disdain for the gun club is because over the last, like I don't know, six months, they've grown on me. I actually yeah. kind of dig the gun club. Uh, not going to lie. I think that... their body language is really good. Their facial mm -hmm. expressions are really good. And I thought that Austin Guns was really good when he was like in the all-in battle royal. Even like you could see that he he got it from that that perspective. Yeah, uh, Bear says if the rumors of CM Punk going in business for himself are true and telling people he didn't want to lose to Page, uh, AEW and CM Punk should be called out. I mean, that's what the report is. Yeah, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing here. Yeah, that's what we do uh max says we are hashtag team mox on this side i mean i'm team mox on this side i've said before uh, i yeah. love cm punk i i've been a cm punk fan for uh, at least 10 years that said uh john moxley uh i think is on the best run of his career and has been since he returned in january uh, i'm absolutely team mox as far as all of that is concerned this hairbrush was forged in cincinnati so of course I'm a Mox guy. What does that mean? I don't know. He says it whenever he shows the belt. He says forged in Cincinnati because uh, he's from Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah, I just don't know what the hairbrush had to do with anything. Uh, I don't know. I'm I don't have a championship belt handy. I'd have to walk across the room to get that. So I got my Quizlemania trophy. If you want to talk about that, no, I don't want to talk about that. But it doesn't matter because I am officially one half of the interim interim. <laughs> Quizzlemania <laughs> Tag Team Champions. Oh, my God. That Unreal. is a victory in itself. I'm trying to get my camera to refocus. Refocus camera. There we go. Uh, and, hey, we got another Humper Chat. This one is from uh, the poet John Heidenreich. It says, hey, Sean, Fightful's content, especially your review shows, really reignited my passion for wrestling and helped drag me through some dark times this year. I'll never be able to thank you enough for that, especially with this low character count, Ben. Well, I appreciate that an awful lot. And uh, honestly, talking about wrestling with all you people got me through some really dark times a couple years ago, too. So if I didn't have that, I do not know what would have happened to me. So it always means a lot to, to hear that from people. And uh, we hope that this is a community and an audience that you guys feel welcome in, especially in times like that. Yes, agreed. Uh, Jennifer says, uh, I want Jamie Hayter to be CC. Yeah. I mean, I, th I would be cool with that. It's just, I, I want, I want what's best for both her and them. Uh, heavy metal. Chris wants to know if there's any update on dragon Lee. Was he hurt? I haven't heard anything, but that was the most dead weighted one winged angel I have ever seen in my entire life. I thought I was fearful he was hurt. So he was either hurt or he was working his ass off. Or maybe he was just ribbing Kenny on his first night back. Who knows? <laughs> uh, and Sean's personal assistant says, Tony Nese said someone was supposed to debut versus him. Um, that was a joke, I'm pretty sure. It was Stokely. Uh, Stokely was going to come out and beat his ass. <laughs> uh, 
but I, I don't think that they actually had a match plan that was uh, <laughs> suddenly derailed by this impromptu John Moxley and uh, CM Punk fiasco. Hey, maybe Moxley went into business for himself. <laughs> I, I will say, because that was the part I had trouble buying here, was that AEW advertises literally every match beforehand. And yeah. so I would have appreciated at least a little detail of even like Tony Nese in action next. But like yeah. Tony music, Tony Nese's music just hits. And it's like, you never just have matches on Dynamite that don't go anywhere. Give me a little bit of detail. Uh, the Yankee Power says, a wrestling show in Cleveland. I'm expecting Gargano to trend on Twitter. Also, Sweet Cheeks music as a name for Tony's hip attack is hilarious. I agree. We're talking yep. about that match next because it was uh, Tony Storm versus, speaking of Tony's, Tony Storm versus the returning Kylan King. First time we've seen Kylan King in AEW in quite some time. Uh, she has been making a name for herself quite a bit on the indie scene. She had previously told AEW that that's what she wanted to do. Um, and this was a chance for her to really get to shine uh and i thought she did i thought that they yeah. gave her some time out there uh and this was more time than she's really ever gotten on AEW dynamite granted it was a guaranteed loss but she yes, had music was. she had uh she got to show off her new ish look cling cling was back in the building yes we also got to see uh uh sweet cheeks music it was great stuff i actually like this a lot um i was surprised that they just ended up going straight on with the one-on-one -on -one match between Tony Storm and uh, and Thunder Rosa at All Out, knowing that we just saw that match in Chicago at Forbidden Door. Yeah. So I, I'm glad to see Kylin back because I'm surprised she didn't get signed, but mm -hmm. I'm just glad to see her there. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually had some thoughts with her kind of being so closely tied to Cody and the Nightmare Factory and all uh, that. Yeah. That uh, I wasn't sure where she was going to end up, but my thought was I could see her signing with WWE. And so the fact that she did end up back in AEW, I hope she gets that All Elite graphic this time because with Chris Statlander hurt, there's definitely a void that could be filled by somebody with her abilities and stature. And I feel like she would be that. I and I'm surprised that WWE hasn't signed her yet if she was available because, well, especially with Triple H heading things up, mm -hmm. I'd be shocked if she didn't at least get some interest. I, I would imagine Cody could go to her, go to him and be like, hey, you know, there's a six foot one woman just chilling right out here. She's really good in the ring. She's active. She can work a bunch of different styles. She's got a ton of television experience. They've given her over a dozen wins on AEW programming. So, I mean, it's not like just your run-of-the-mill enhancement talent. Still a person that you knew Tony was going to beat, though. Yeah, absolutely. I still enjoyed it, though. Yeah. New NYC Figure Fanatic, by the way, says, As a long-time Fightful, Faithful, Grap City fan and fellow dad, I'm hyped that Will in this show got that call-up. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I mean, All you have to... Me too. <laughs> All you have to do is just, like, keep Sean on the phone for an hour and a half. And eventually that's how things go. <laughs> I mean, yeah, usually uh, if you do good numbers as well, that helps. That helps. JJ uh, Smith says Griff seemed like he had uh, not no interest. I'm sure he meant there no interest being there again. There, there could be a, a story there. Um, I haven't poked around on that. And Sean, I don't know if you have either. I'm going to dig, dig into it. 
Well, yeah, then, FightfulSelect.com, baby. Speaking of FightfulSelect.com, by the way, we're just an hour away at this stage, if you're watching live, from the debut of Ask Rhapsody. I'm going to stretch this show out for another hour and five minutes, <laughs> so you have to go head-to-head with yourself. Yeah, you can't do that. i got to pick up my kids in 30 minutes. So oh, okay, so that, that ain't going to happen. This that is going to be a, a nightmare of an afternoon for me, by the way, because oh, I no. got this show, um, I've got... Uh, I got to pick up my kids, then I have Ask Rhapsody, and then my son has his parkour class that I have to drive to, and then I have another podcast I have to do in the car while Billy is at parkour class. Oh, no. Yeah. Anybody who wants to knock my kid needs to know, this is a fucking parkour kid. This kid kid will... He may not be able to, to win a fight, but he'll definitely do some backflips out of it. He'll <laughs> so, jump over you. He'll, he'll leapfrog the hell out of you. <laughs> that's that's my kid. Uh, but anyway, so really, again, there was... Oh, yeah. So next thing was the Jungle Boy promo. Um, I thought he wasn't bad here, but it was clear that the crowd... That he didn't have enough poise to keep the crowd because they once they start getting into what territory, uh, you especially have to an AEW crowd. Yeah, you have to wonder how much control you've had over the crowd. And I thought, like I said, I didn't think Jungle Boy's delivery was bad. Like obviously he's not a guy I would put in there against Punk or Moxley, but I thought on his own in there, and he said publicly that he doesn't enjoy cutting promos. But I thought he was fine here, and but the crowd didn't. They they wanted him, and uh, this led to him challenging Christian to a match at All Out. Christian makes his way down. Uh, Christian did a great job taking the heat back in the segment and getting the crowd on Jungle Boy's side. He took a few digs at Charleston, West Virginia, and then uh, he tried to take Jungle Boy back. And they try to let bygones be bygones. And this led to Jungle Boy finally getting his hands on Christian and beating his ass, almost uh, bashing his head in with steel stairs. I like this. We still haven't seen Luchasaurus hit Christian. Oh. And that's what I'm I'm holding off on. We still haven't seen Luchasaurus do anything to Christian. That's true. Or or Jungle Boy, right? Like, we haven't seen him do it to either one of them. Yeah, and uh, even in the squash he worked last week, he's still working like Monster Luchasaurus, so. Yeah. So I think there's there's more than meets the eye there. I mean, I think a lot of people kind of see that coming, but I liked the direction of Luchasaurus prior to the return of, uh, of Jungle Boy, but. I, I think you got to build him off of this too, because the same old Luchasaurus just wasn't working for me. Um, it's I was the other way around. I thought that Luchasaurus to me in the last couple of months has kind of lost what makes him unique. Like I've been in what fifteen AEW crowds now, fourteen, yeah. fourteen. Um, and one of the guys that continually remains over is Luchasaurus. In terms yeah. of just being that guy standing on the apron, people chant for Luchasaurus. He has a phenomenal hot tag. It is a very unique thing in pro wrestling. And it is interesting that the desire to see Luchasaurus essentially shed that 
and become kind of a generic monster. Um, yeah. I think we could see some good things out of that, but it is interesting to shed one of the most unique things in pro wrestling, and that is Luchasaurus. I know he's not for everybody. I know that you see on Twitter all the time, oh, look at the guy in the dinosaur mask. But I feel like as long as it remains over, who gives a fuck? And he had remained over. So I would be curious to see what they do with that. Also, the problem is in AEW, we have one too many breakup stories because we have at the moment... Ricky Starks, Powerhouse Hobbs, just broke up. Uh, we also have the, uh, we just talked about the gun club breaking up with their dad. And something tells me that had a little bit to do with backtracking on Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy because it's like, okay, we're kind of going to this well on breakups a little much. It seemed like they were heading there with Swerve and Keith Lee and then backed off of that. Uh, I think there's, and then we also have, um, Daniel Garcia breaking yeah. up possibly with Jericho Appreciation Society. Oh, we like I said, we've just we've seen a lot of this right now, and I feel like I would like to see a little bit of staying together. Al Green here, baby. Let's let's do it. I uh, mean, they, the the tag team division does look just categorically different than than it did when it was absolutely stacked because they have added a trios division. Uh, mm -hmm. Undisputed Era is not there right now. You've got a lot of people sidelined, 2.0 sidelined right now because of uh, the injury as well. Like there's a lot of stuff that have kind of hampered that and putting their best tag team, uh, arguably against two people who don't wrestle doesn't help either, which, you know, I guess we can talk about because it's not going to be Swerve and Keith Lee against FTR that I was really looking forward to it all out. Oh, I knew it wasn't going to be that, but Man. <laughs> uh, um. I think that's eventually the goal, but I sure. think that they want to kind of extend this reign a little bit. Um, I was thinking they were going to go straight for the Acclaimed, but the Acclaimed still being tied with the Gun Club has me worried that they're going to go triple threat again. And I wouldn't have a problem with that, except for the fact that we've seen tag team triple threat uh, literally at Revolution. We saw it at Double or Nothing. We The match in which Swerve and Keith Lee won the tag titles was a tag team triple threat. Yeah. And if that's where they're going with this one too, Please don't. Just give me just a straight-up tag team match at a pay-per-view. I'd be very happy with that. Uh, but who knows? Heavy I, metal I'm, uh, I would love to see the Acclaimed take on Swerve and Keith. I think it'd be a breakout match for the Acclaimed. That's purely what I want to see. I think that yeah. would be great. Uh, I know there's only two Dynamites left till the pay-per-view, but you could even get some songs in there, original songs from each side. That would be yes. fun stuff. Because uh, that's my favorite thing Max Caster does anyway, is uh, his original tracks. I like the original tracks more than I like the freestyles coming down to the ring. I think when, like Buck Hunt, one of my all-time favorites. I thought that was really good. Uh, but anyway, Heavy Metal Chris says, does Tony's hip attack scare anyone else? Yeah. Yeah. But that's... Uh, I, <laughs> I thought Britt's cell was else. one of the best cells I've seen on TV in a very long time because she made you think she was legitimately hurt and pissed off about it. Yes. Rob Wilkins says, Sweet Cheeks is coincidentally my nickname. Uh, and Van Twinblade says, Billy's going to shooting star press Uncle Swerve. Billy is convinced. He told me yesterday. And this goes out to Swerve and Keith Lee. Billy said his goal is to win the trio's titles with Swerve and Keith Lee. Okay. Well, so, I... I'll tell you what, Billy Corgan's going to book Tyrus to do a shooting star press on Swerve if he ever gets the opportunity. 
Except he'll call it the shooting stand breast, and he'll just fall over <laughs> onto him. <laughs> He's so bad. He's such a bad wrestler. I tuned in the other day, and Reg is like, he can't even walk, man. <laughs> I know. I mean, look, this is not even like a huge. I mean, it is a knock against Tyrus, but like more than anything, he's not good. Like. <laughs> The guy's also like fucking 50. Yeah. And I just feel like maybe even if that time like wait a minute. Sorry, I just pulled up uh his Wikipedia. That dude is he is not that tall. Is he really? That's lying. He's not six seven like he, they pretend. I know. But... I'm like he's listed at six seven on his Wikipedia. So like obviously you have to subtract. I feel like even five inches from that. Uh, feels yeah. probably accurate. That man is not 6'7". Get the fuck out of here. You are not 6'7". No Tyrus. No way. Lying. Lying-ass Tyrus. All right. Uh, so we then got to the main event. The thing everybody had been waiting for. We had the team of Dragon Lee and Roosh and Andrade taking on the Young Bucks, who came out of the babyface tunnels, threw me off because I've just been visually used to seeing them enter from the left side of my screen yeah. for the last year and some change, that when they entered from the right side with Brandon Cutler in tow, it mentally and visually threw me off. And I thought, oh, yeah, they're babyfaces now. Uh, and who could it be? Who could the uh, mystery partner be? Guys, As reported by FightfulSelect.com. FightfulSelect.com had that months ago. But also, even if you're not a subscriber to Fightful Select, I feel like they did everything in their power to plant in your head, hey guys, it's Kenny Omega. We're even going to remove all doubt. In case you think maybe it's Hangman Adam Page, remove that one. Even if yep. you think, hey, maybe it's uh, Brandon Cutler. Remove that one. Hey, maybe on an off chance it's Cody. No, he's in another company. But could it possibly be anybody else? No. They even, BTE, played the opening second of Kenny's theme music to close out BTE. They hammered in your head. If there's one thing Tony Khan's good at, it is uh, squashing a rumor that could possibly lead to bad hype for a show. And so the fact that this was out there as much as it was and wasn't being squashed should have been your biggest tip. And uh, it all was delivered. As a matter of fact, I feel like in this week of August now, they're kind of setting themselves up to have epic returns now. Who's yeah. going to return at this point next year? Because at this point last year, we got Punk. Now we got Kenny. Massive reaction, by the way. Got Punk again, uh, too. <laughs> yeah, you did get Punk again. Uh, Punk might quit. We might get him again <laughs> next fall. They handed the note to Justin Roberts, and Justin Roberts went over uh, all of the... Uh, he did the old introduction for Kenny, and the best part about this was as he went over each detail, you could hear the pop get louder, as, as if there was like this sense of dread in the fans of like, oh, what if it's not? And <laughs> <Yeah>. then... <laughs> What if it's then, Nakazawa? <laughs> and then when they said uh, he was once PWI 500 number one, and like you hear like a slight pop, and then they're like, he hasn't 
Uh, he was the longest reigning AEW world champion. You hear this big pop. And then they're like, he hasn't had a match in 277 days. Massive pop. And at that point, uh, and then they did the North Carolina bit. And then when they said Kenny Omega, everybody lost it. My son, I posted the video of him losing it on the couch, um, which was genuine. Which, by the way, the Bailey video was genuine too. But uh, that was I, was, I was literally just <laughs> filming his reaction because I saw him like sitting on the edge of his seat. He is just sitting there on the edge of the couch. Yeah. Like, what if it's Kenny? I will oh, I tell love you, it. my son loves Kenny Omega so much that he even put up with his heel run. Uh, and that's <laughs> very rare for my son because my son, his former favorite wrestler was AJ Styles. When AJ turned heel uh, in 2019 on, was that Ricochet? Uh, that was pretty much it for Billy. He was like, eh, I don't like AJ anymore. And like he abandoned all things AJ Styles, which is why to this day I still think that heel turn was a mistake because um, you cost my son his favorite wrestler. But he dealt with Kenny. He felt like Kenny was like almost like a cartoon supervillain. It was like, nah, Kenny's still fun. Uh, and he spent all day. We woke up yesterday morning. I shit you not. He comes into my room and he's like, Dad, it's Kenny Omega day. And like, <laughs> yes, it is, son. It's Kenny Day. I picked him up from school yesterday. And he goes, Dad, how many hours till Kenny Omega? And <laughs> I was like, it's we're about three hours away. He's like, all right, Kenny, Kenny, Kenny. He, um, you notice in that video, he's in his PJs. And it was because we thought Kenny might open the show. Because he didn't, uh, I partway through the show, I think it was at the start of the Gun Club match that that was going to go longer. I made Billy, was like, all right. Go put on PJs, get ready for bed. If you're done in time, you, you can watch this Kenny return. He wasn't sure. He was like sitting on the edge of his seat, like, what if it's not? What if it's not? What if it's anybody else? It could be. And and of course, I, I just want to say, of course, it was the last thing on the show. <laughs> it was the last thing on the show, but he got his Kenny return. He was so excited, screaming battle cry throughout the house. I was very excited too. Kenny's back. Um, but a little bit different of a Kenny. Because Kenny Omega, uh, he, one, was wrestling in a little bit of protective gear. Yep. Looking like 1999 Norman Smiley out there. <laughs> I won't go that far, but uh, Kenny was out there. Uh, one, he was very much selling the injuries. Yeah. Um, to the point of where a lot of people calling out, was he ready to come back? I love it. It's such brilliant yeah. work. It's such it smart that's, work. That's, that's great stuff. I was uh, really into this. I was really into uh, seeing Kenny back. and uh, But, yeah, so many questions over everything. And, you know, he would uh, start to, to clutch his, his abdomen and, and tag out and uh make us wonder if he's brandon roy that's what i i want to know like is he cooked is he done is I he know, gonna have to be ed harris from major league putting crisco on the ball and snot <laughs> just to get it over the plate like anything i love it yeah i was very into this i actually enjoyed the match it it gave me that same kind of intrigue that like cody versus seth did uh in like is he okay can he do this can he continue to do this he it it was uh, almost giving me that uneasy feeling all throughout. Uh, we saw a very insane spot uh, that saw Dragon Lee uh, dive onto Kenny, 
onto the uh, ring. I mean, he was on the uh, the barricade, uh, basically into the fans. It's very similar to the spot we saw with what was that Ricochet and uh, and John Morrison, yeah. except without uh, crash pads and TV monitors behind him. <laughs> yes, this was just a uh, just kind of a purely insane spot. Uh, but we got to see all the fun offense from the young Bucks and Kenny. This is the first time the Bucks had worked as faces in a really long time. Crowd was into him. They were into Kenny. Uh, and at the end, we saw them get the victory and move on. And then as the show's going off the air, very oddly, we see Andrade and Roosh turn on Dragon Lee. And it, it goes off very quickly. It was like Andrade loosens... Dragon Lee's mask, um, and then hits him with the DT. The, dra- the mask comes off, and we get a complete look at Dragon Lee's face. Uh, and then cameras very quickly cut away as he's starting to cover. And then the elite tries to make the save, and then the show goes off the air. So very weird ending the way it went off the air. I enjoyed the main event though a lot. It was very strange. Like I, I thought that one. I thought that he was hurt, Dragon Lee, and then I was like, oh my god, that was an accident. Then everybody said that Andrade untied it. Yeah, he did untie it, but it was just the way it came off. I was like, oh, that uh, that didn't look great. But yeah, this was a fun main event, and uh, it was great to see Kenny back. It was great to see him back in the ring. I'm glad that he got to come back with a match because that's the thing Kenny's most known for, and in the same way that Punk is known for the pipe bombs, and so you brought him back with a promo. Bringing Kenny back with a match just felt like the right idea here. Uh, and I had fun with the match. This was a solid A from me. I had yeah and the show overall was a blast this was a great show i thought i thought it was one of my favorite dynamites because you had a few really momentous things you had a huge return you had a big program that really accelerated memorable promos and an all-timer dynamite match like so it checked so many boxes for me yeah well here's a question and i thought about this uh, but Ryan uh, Martin says, do you think with this news coming out about Punk and his frustrations is the reason why they moved the match to Dynamite? Do they take the title off of him? I, I don't know if they take the title off of him, but I feel like the situations that I've heard about kind of go hand in hand, like they're related. Because I saw a person say on Twitter, oh, well, Punk being upset and threatening not to show up over something months ago is where it jumped the shark for me. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what our report said. Our report literally said, we aren't sure what led to these recent frustrations. We just know that that's what the catalyst was for his call out. Um, So I feel like there's a lot of stuff going on that we don't quite know all about, but we've got a lot of details on Fightful Select. Yes, FightfulSelect.com. So it's come that time. Right here on Day After Dynamite. Ratings. Uh, how did this show do yesterday? Uh, and surprisingly, uh, not great. It did 957K, uh, which that's not much of a change from last week. Um, that's down 2% total viewership. But the demo was down 9%. Wow. So they did a 03 Wow, I That's think next week. I think next week they're cracking a million easy, because of. I thought this week would have though with yeah. uh, with all the hype. I'm curious what the quarters look like on this one. Um, I, I'm always interested to see like how the YouTube numbers hash out too. Like we, I know Kenny doing uh, his post show thing did well, but 
Punk and Moxley's confrontation, it's going to hit a million by the end yeah, of the day, which is yeah. which is very very good. Uh, and again, that shows you the attention that Punk brings. That's that's why if there are issues, it's why you deal with them. Yep, and it was number two for the night. It actually did not beat Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Damn. Look at that, a victory for the Housewives. Damn. They both did a point three, uh, yeah. but Housewives on Bravo beat them. Shock that I, I'm sure NBC Universal gets the high five over that when they own Bravo. Bob. Oh, do they? Oh, okay. <laughs> so I didn't even know that. Uh, Kyle Collins says, tuned in late, so sorry if it's been asked, but possibility MJF returns next week and challenges Punk for All Out. I mean, like I said, that would be such a last minute thing. And I feel like what we got out of Punk and MJF before was such a long, solid build that to then go into a main event of a pay-per-view with literally one show would be odd to me. But who knows? Yeah, um, I think anything's possible, but um, I don't know. I think at this point it's a work, but you know what? That's the, the reason I haven't reported definitively anything is because there is such little information out there. Yes. Well, friends, this has been a fun edition of Day After Dynamite, the day after Dynamite. Sean Ross Sapp, I would say, hey, you got anything to plug? But literally, we're here. We're you're here. here. You're here. Yeah. YouTube.com slash Fightful. That's where you find Sean Ross Sapp and the stuff Sean Ross Sapp does. But you can also go to FightfulSelect.com and find even more of the best of what Sean Ross Sapp does. And, guys, 40 minutes away, first edition of Ask Grapsity. Myself, Philip Lindsay, Righteous Reg, we'll be there. We're working on some stuff. Actually, working on some music now. I have to dig up a beat for Reg because uh, we just recently saw that um, StreamYard over here lets you play songs now. So we're going to have closing music on Grapsity nice. coming up here soon. So uh, that's really cool. They add audio files. I hope nobody told me about that. Oh, man, I can't wait for the overbooked guys to get us copyrighted seven times in a week. Real excited for that. <laughs> we'll have original music, though, because we nice. know how this works. But thank you again, Sean Ross Sapp, for being here. Again, check us out. Top of the hour. We are going to be uh, doing Ask Rhapsody. Uh, FightfulSelect.com is how you can join us. Outside of that, folks, it's now time for me to say that that's it for this edition of Day After Dynamo. For Sean Ross Sapp, I'm Will Washington. We'll see you next time. Have a great day. Peace.